Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. And ish, it is almost tournament season. It's it's March. That it is March. I can't say. I can't. It say is March. <laughs> And uh, man, I am, I'm very excited for this podcast specifically, but then also like the coming podcast uh, just over, over the next couple of weeks, obviously with the, we're going to have a tournament preview out next week. Uh, we're going to have one podcast out um, on Thursday, most likely uh, we'll keep that uh, under wraps for now, but uh, that'll be fun. And so we have a lot to talk about today though, Houston win, winning the AAC, North Texas winning Conference USA. Uh, a lot of Big 12 action, as usual, on the men's side. And then we're going to talk the uh, Sunbelt Tournament, both men's and women's, because they start on Wednesday. And, yeah, plenty. so plenty of gets to get to today. Uh, but I want to start with Houston and SMU, because mm-hmm. that was on Sunday, and we previewed it, and we were like, you know, I think SMU has a good chance to hang with them, because from a scoring perspective, at least – I was like, you know, they should be able to keep pace with Houston to a degree because they did in Dallas. But what actually transpired was Houston just beating them down, really. Beating them down 75-61. It wasn't really as close as the – I don't even think the final score says. Houston was up 15 at halftime, and SMU kind of fights back to make it, I think, eight or nine at a couple points, and then Houston kind of just puts it away. And they put it it away in like a – we're just bigger and stronger than you type bully fashion. That was my yeah. kind of takeaway. Yeah. Kind of same here. It, it kind of really showed how one note SMU is um, as high of a ceiling as we think they may have just with their dynamic scoring ability. You know, they can, kind of, you know, they can go in and out, they can go inside, outside, three point shooting, pick and roll, whatever they can ISO. They can't get any stops. And like it was, it basically boiled down to that. They they couldn't get stops and they couldn't get rebounds. Um, I think Houston beat them twenty-one to six on the offensive boards. Like yep. it was, again, again, Houston's. It's no secret what they're going to try to do, right? They're going to try to get up shots and they're going to try to crash the boards, and that's exactly what happened. They didn't shoot well from three. Houston didn't, but they got so many putback attempts. SMU couldn't really stop anything and they forced turnovers and they got in transition and Houston just, it was a quintessential Houston kind of game to where they were just the more physical team inside. Like there were so many layup attempts. I think uh, Marcus Weathers or uh, had like a layup attempt that just got like rejected at the rim, like uh, by like, I forgot it was, I forget who it was, but it was like two Houston defenders, like mm-hmm. right there at the rim stuffing him like early in the first half. And it was just like, it, it was one of those, it was one of those starts where you just looked at the score and it wasn't like insurmountable, but you looked at it and you're like, I, this is Houston's night. Like you just, you just felt like it was kind of Houston's game. Yeah. I have, I have was watching it. I was just like, there's no way SMU actually completes this comeback because Houston was, right. it felt like Houston's primary offense was shoot the ball mm-hmm. and then just get the rebound. And yep. they did time after time. Like I can't remember. I mean, a time where SMU looked this kind of defeated in a sense where it, they knew they had kind of no shot at stopping Houston on the glass. And it was so defeating because even when they had a box that was just like, Nope, Josh Carlton, get out of my way. I'm here. There was a stretch in the second half where Houston grabbed 15 straight rebounds just in general. SMU did not grab a board on 15 <laughs> shot nice. attempts, offensive That's or nice. defense. And I remember when they finally broke the streak, it was like, it barely like tipped over to uh, one of the weathers. I think it was. And I was like, right. okay, there you go. They, they got a rebound because Houston just was, was dominant. Like you said, it's, it's nothing new. If you've been watching Houston, if you've been keeping track of Houston past two years, but to see them do this in a game that clinches 
the American and to see them do, to see them do it against a team that has this much offensive firepower, it just reinstilled my kind of belief that this team is has a has a really high floor, I think. Mm-hmm. And whether they can reach their ceiling or not is, you know, dependent on the opponent. It's dependent on their three point shooting on a given night and, uh, you know, how their guards play. But on any given night, they're going to destroy you on the glass. They're going to have a really solid defensive effort. And I mean, they're going to give themselves a chance in every game moving forward in, uh, in tournament play. And I think, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's how you beat this SMU team, right? They're not, they're not big at all. I mean, like yeah. they have Marcus Weathers at the five, right? They have like Ben Mel playing the four basically in their starting lineup. And, and so that's how you beat them. You crash the glass and you make sure that you can out hustle them to where their four out one in offense or their five out offense doesn't matter really. Um, and that's what kind of, that's how they, that's how SMU won in the first game. Houston really couldn't deal with that spacing and deal with that kind of um, scoring. And so it, it allowed uh, uh, Kendrick Davis to kind of just go off on his own. And in this one, Houston got enough stops to where SMU needed to kind of play Houston style of game. And that just didn't work. Uh, I'm trying to look at it. Houston had 48 points in the paint to SMU's 30, 18 second chance points, um, 16 points off turnovers. Like it, again, it was, it showed, I think it was, I think it was a clash of like two systems too, because it showed how Houston, we mentioned how they're just plug and play right now with this style and with this kind of what Kelvin, uh, Kevin Sanson's done. Um, but SMU, they're not exactly as plug and play, right? These are, this is a new team still playing together for the first time this year. And it kind of showed to me that there was no plan B kind of, right? There was nothing to fall back on because they can't get the stops. If Kendrick Davis wasn't in, in nuclear mode, basically, they was like, ah, we don't, you know, we don't know what to do because they're not a good rebounding team. I think they're 10th in the conference in offensive rebounding percentage and, mm-hmm. They're, I, mean, I mentioned their size. They're just not big. And so like when it wasn't working and when they were getting beyond the boards, it was like, uh, it just became clear. It's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm interested because the bubble for SMU basically becomes, you have to beat Cincinnati and you have to be Tulane, which are not easy games, but they are at home. So, yeah. you know, yeah. hopefully they can win those two. And then I think it comes down to the tournament because mm-hmm. it probably comes down in all likelihood to the two, three matchup in SMU versus Memphis in the tournament. And the winner probably gets in the loser probably doesn't. Right. Like that's probably where we're at at this moment. Cause that, obviously SMU will have to win the games that I mentioned Cincinnati Tulane, and then win their quarterfinal matchup and then play Houston. I'm sorry, Memphis for basically an NCAA tournament bid. Because everything you we've seen is like Memphis is, last four in SMU's last four out, you know, um, which I still think is weird because SMU's beaten Memphis twice. Right. And so that's, that's never going to really sit right with me when you beat a team by double digits twice and you're behind. I think it has to do, I mean, it has to do with resume, right? Like SMU wasn't, I mean, neither team was great. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to look at their non-conference schedule because neither team was great in non-conference um memphis lost to georgia i was, just I was about to say no i was about to say no memphis it hasn't been great um but i do think they have they beat alabama they've beat alabama they beat, beat virginia virginia tech, tech. yeah i mean that's a, that's a great one virginia tech's a great win honestly yeah. um so those two wins and then meanwhile you know smu lost to missouri they lost to oregon um they lost to Maryland, loyal Maryland. so it's like i think that's Again, head to head is what it is, but it, it it it's almost weird how like that's secondary to you know resume basically. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, I understand it. So, but that's going to be the game that decides it. And from Houston's right. perspective, Houston still has Cincinnati, Temple, and Memphis as their last three games. Um, I think if they just win one, they secure, they seal the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect them to beat Cincinnati and Temple. Cincinnati's kind of been, you know, falling off a bit, so. You win those two, you go, you face Memphis on the road. That game doesn't really matter except for seeding, obviously. Uh, and I think the AAC is kind of boxed up at this point. We know what we're getting. We know Houston won, and we know either we know probably SMU two, Memphis three, and then there's a little bit of a drop off to Temple and UCF, and we kind of go from there for the the tournament. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But Houston definitely asserted itself as this 
as the AAC, I mean, the best team in the American again. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize this, but all four of SMU's losses in conference are all away from home too. Okay. I didn't realize that. That was an that's just an interesting tidbit. Um, I believe they're they're unbeaten at home in conference. Like I don't know, just literally as simple as that. So like <laughs> these last two games, you know, falls in their favor, obviously. Um, but the losses are also like really concerning too, because it was like. 7760, right? To Cincinnati. 7257 to Wichita State. Like they're like a completely different team, it feels like on the road against some teams. Moody, Moody Magic, man. It is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Got all the celebrities in there. there you can't go. lose. <laughs> Just can't. Uh all right. Let's talk about North Texas real quickly because they did it again. They beat Louisiana Tech uh 56-49 on another uh thrilling game. Uh and won the conference championship, won the regular season conference championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I don't consider there to be a regular season conference championship in Conference USA because it was divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Louisiana Tech took home technically the West division title, but kind of, you know, Mickey Mouse to me a little bit. Um, but this year, this year, North Texas <laughs> you wins you the... Call, you, call him, you call him Mickey Mouse on the title? I, I, last year's, last year's division. To have a division title trophy just always felt weird to me. Like, oh, you're the best of these seven teams. You're going to pull a, I'm gonna pull a LeBron Lakers. Exactly. Mickey exactly. Mouse title. <laughs> See, but this is not Mickey Mouse. This North Texas team has just ran through everybody at yeah. this point. So they have UTSA and UTEP next, both on the road. Uh, they will you know, destroy UTSA. And then the UTSA games on the road is, is pretty interesting because they kind of have to win that for mm-hmm. the at-large berth to, to sustain its kind of momentum. Uh, you know, I think the more you look at it, the more unlikely it is that North Texas can get an at-large just because, A, I mean, with the net and everything, it's not going to continue to rise really with these games, like a win over UTSA and a win over UTEP. It's not going to bump them up significantly at all mm-hmm. like they went down after this past weekend of southern miss and la tech uh by like one spot i think they're 39th um so you know if you lose to uab in a conference championship game you're gonna drop down to like probably low 40s mid 40s and at that point it's gonna be really difficult um so i i just don't see i think you have to win the conference championship which is um not unfortunate because it's kind of what we thought the entire season but like having that glimmer of hope after the UAB win and then just mm-hmm. realizing like, Oh no, it's probably not going to happen, but right. that's kind of how it works. So yeah. Congratulations to North Texas for, uh, for winning the, the conference uh, again. I mean, basically the last three times that you could win the conference. Cause in 2020 right. there was no tournaments and they won right. the regular season. And then last year I already said the regular season was Mickey mouse. You know, it doesn't, doesn't count. And they won the tournament, which actually mattered. And then this year they won the regular season. So three for three. Shout out to the main green over there. Um, let's talk big 12 though, because this is uh there's so much to cover here. It's going what, what stupid. team do we even start with at this point? Uh, Texas I mean, Baylor from last night. Well, let's, let's, we'll get to that. Let's start with tech dropping. Okay. Almost to TCU. Losing Almost losing both. Yes. But losing a game that remember I said, this was a game that I, I thought Mike miles would go off. I didn't think TCU would win, but I thought, doesn't this have like the irrational makings of like, oh yeah, Mike Miles drops 25, he dropped 26. Like it was, it was, and TCU ended up winning. I, I don't know. Just when we thought we didn't have to pay attention to tech anymore, at least for the regular season, they go and almost drop two and drop one. They definitely should not have dropped. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy thing. And the thing is like, they were down, um, they they go down in the second half yeah. on on a run, and I'm just waiting for Tech to kind of like kick it into gear defensively. Right. Defensively, I, I was think about to say they anything. didn't. That's the thing they didn't get stops. Like that was the weird thing. They were scoring fine, and that was the thing in the Kansas State game too, where Kansas State puts up 68, and it felt like Kansas State was just going to keep making shots, making shots, and thankfully tech finally got a couple stops and i think offensively is where tech won this won the game against kansas state but the offense kind of just couldn't do it against tcu and tcu is a much better defense than kansas state so to their credit but i mean i don't know how much to take away from this (laughs) i will say in both games at least i know the hold on make sure i have this right yeah 
did we give up on Ter- Terrence Shannon? Like, is it done? Like, I, it's it's unfortunate because I think his injury really hampers him, and sure, obviously sure, sure. he's not 100% to where he was early in the season or last year, but, like, yeah. I think we have to evaluate this Tech team looking at him as, like, a non-factor almost. I mean, kind of. I mean, what did, what did he put against TCU? Six points against TCU? Yeah, five um, against te- uh, K-State. Five against K-State. He's playing 20 minutes pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he's out there. He's just not producing. Yeah, five, five, eight against Oklahoma, six against Texas. Yeah. Like, so, it's, geez. I think it just yeah. is what it is. I th- yeah, I, I think he I think he is still – because there's like a – you look at his splits and there's like a significant – drop off right like they're they i think he is hurt because you look at it 11 against oklahoma 20 against tcu 14 against baylor and then just six eight six five like i think there is something bothering him and he might just be playing through it um but yeah i think he is kind of a liability right now i'll also say it feels like mark adams is trying to prepare them to get ready for the tournament in mm-hmm. a sense that it looks like, and just, and I, I really recognize this watching Kansas State when I saw KJ Allen on the court for a long time. KJ Allen played 19 minutes and he was not helping them mm. really at all. Like defensively, King McClure kept, uh, kept saying they are going right at KJ Allen. Kansas State is like, Kansas State is just finding him, putting in pick and rolls, all this stuff. And it's yeah. true, like he was hurting them. But you look at the, these two games. Against TCU, they played 10 guys, nine or more minutes. And then against Kansas State, like I said, they played KJ Allen 19 minutes, Marcus Santos Silva 14, Kevin O'Banner 19, Bryson Williams 28, uh, Malik Wilson 18. Like you're playing nine guys. So they had nine guys over 14, 14 or more minutes against Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like he's i guess trying to like make sure they're fresh for the tournament because to a degree i understand it this these games don't really matter but there is a difference in the ncaa tournament if you get a five instead of a three right so that's that's kind of where i'm at Uh, watching the kansas state game and seeing kj allen out there just kind of alarmed me and i was like okay he has to be trying to just play the long game yeah i think that when i think one of the things that is concerning me with the offense like they're scoring fine but I think they're, they're, I mean, there were a lot of turnovers in that TCU game, um, particularly the, their last shot attempt. I think it was, let me see, I have the replay up right now. It was, so they were, they were clearly trying to set up something for Bryson Williams in the post. Um, I think it's Emmanuel Miller or Bow. I can't tell who that is. Um, it's, uh, bu- 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 oh, Xavier, Xavier Cork. Okay, interesting. Um, so he's fronting Bryson Williams and they're trying to get Terrence Shannon to feed Bryson Williams, bad pass. Again, Williams is fronted, like just go yeah. the other route. Shannon tries to feed him the ball anyway. Um, Williams catches it, but like has to like stumble and like doesn't really have a good grasp on it, loses it. And TCU gets the ball back and they, you know, shoot free throws and all that. But, and so it was like a lot of things like that where you're just like, I don't know, like it was, it was a lot, a lot of like forcing things trying to happen. Um, and even though the offense was going fine, I still think the they're scoring fine. I still think setting up the shot wasn't as easy as it should have been. Um, and when you think about tech, like obviously it's not the prettiest offense to watch, but they're not a turnover heavy team either. Like they're again, they, they struggle to find good shots, but they're not like clumsy with the ball. Yeah. And so I think that's what's been um, now across two games. And again, is it like, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Is this something we, you know, is because you always talk about like hot teams heading into the tournament. Well, it's like, oh, Tech's kind of limping for the tournament right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's good. That's the interesting thing. I think Mark Adams, because I think if you play your guys, if you play, and I mean, they've always had a deeper bench sure. this year than most teams, I'd say, because um, especially if you include Terrence Shannon as like a bench player, but if they play, if they don't, I don't know. I just feel like these games are too winnable to kind of just give away because you're trying to rest guys in a sense. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Oklahoma State, that's going to be a tough game. Like, that's again, that's a team that can make it ugly. And so, like, if you're struggling, I don't know if. And not for nothing, they've lost on the road a lot this year. 
Like, oh, yeah. a I mean, lot. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's true. I mean, Iowa we, State. Tech's one of the best home yeah. environments. And, I mean, I think if they're if they're on the road, they probably lose last night, right? Yeah. No, you're, you're definitely right about that. I mean, because they've lost Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Providence, all on the road. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, winning all their home games should be committed. That's very impressive. But tournament games are not at home. So, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. All right. Uh, let's, let's bounce to – well, uh, real quick, let's give a shout out to TCU. TCU's TCU's fought yeah. back a bit. I think they're they're fifth, I believe. They're in the tournament. Yeah, I mean they're they're fifth in the conference in in conference USA and conference USA, Big Twelve mm-hmm. at uh, seven and eight. To be fair, but still, they they've they've really put it together to a to a degree. I I mean, if you would ask me after they continue to lose to like Iowa State and like Kansas State, I thought it was done. But they beat West Virginia at home they beat texas tech and now they have kansas twice yeah so now if you can just please split that somehow some way win the home one i guess i don't know i don't think they will but just find a way to split them beat west virginia and you come out of this decent you come out of this at nine and what is that nine and nine if you go to a two and one in this stretch roughly nine and nine in the big 12 for tcu I mean, that. I mean, what did we project? Be, what did we project them? That that has to be better than what we projected. That's for seven, sure. I think we had seven and eleven. We that that sounds right. Let's yeah. See. Um, and yeah, I mean, like that, and that, and like above all else. Yeah, that, seven and eleven. That gets them in the tournament. Like this win probably gets them. Like I think it did get them in the tournament. And so, all of a sudden, you're talking about a team that we were like, we wrote off like back in, you know, February as early as, as, as like middle of last month. We're like, yeah, this team is done. Yeah. And I, I don't know what to say, you know, that LSU, remember when we talked about that LSU win, we were like, Oh, this is weird. Why are they doing that? That's going to help yeah. them get in the tournament now. Yeah. No, I mean, their wins are kind of crazy. Uh, I should say Iowa State, be Oklahoma, LSU, yeah. LSU, Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma twice. I should twice. Say. Like, no. Even even A and M, who's a top seventy uh, in Ken Palm, like yeah, like interesting, interesting. <laughs> this team, yeah, they they they've somehow just squeaked out a win, and squeaked out a tournament berth. So, well, you know, a team that did not squeak out a win was Texas at home against Baylor. Uh, they did squeak out a win against West Virginia though on Saturday. That's very true. Is I guess impressive. Whatever. They were down most of the game too, and they just come back and win it. It's like oh, cool. Um, then they play Baylor at home last game um, in the Irwin Center in the Irwin Center and they couldn't get it done for they for the were crowd. this was close it was a close game um, Baylor pulled away late I will say here's a question uh, though I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off did like when it was close I mean how like where where were you at like percentage wise like were you at like oh this is 50 50 oh this is like 60 oh no i was 70 30 baylor like i was still like i was waiting for it to happen right like i was waiting for like the run to go um but i will say credit to texas because when again when they're locked in on defense they are one of the probably five best defensive teams in the country right like when they are locked in and when the shots are falling it's like, okay, here's, here's the recipe, right? You see it, right? You see Timmy Allen had a great game. Um, and it was like, okay, here's their guys, right? Here's the guys that are, that they banked on to, to kind of turn this program around. And then late, they just didn't make anything. <laughs> and uh, Defensively, they were still fine, but they had nothing offensively late in the game. And Baylor had just enough. And that was enough to, to kind of swing the game because again i think texas was fine for like 80 percent of this game and then winning time came around six five six minutes to go it just completely flipped and it kind of showed the where these two teams are where i think it was cody daniel from sb nation tweeted out it was like this is the perfect summary where it's like they're good they're just not great like <laughs> yeah we, we keep saying like these teams like last like couple podcasts ago when I was like Texas Tech exposed Texas, you know, for what right. Texas isn't. Baylor does the same thing, except in yeah. a different way, where Baylor's guards, Akinjo and Flagler, end up saying, No, this game, we're not losing this game. Yeah. Um, and Texas guards were like, Okay, you win. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like they didn't they weren't playing, but like Marcus Carr, Andrew Jones, 
Jace Febbers to a degree, um, Courtney Ramey. Like these guys go. Carr had, went five of twelve. Um, had probably one of his, I guess, better games. No turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carr five of twelve. Ramey two of ten. Jones three of ten. Febbers two of seven. They went four of twenty-one from three. All three of those players you just named. Carr yeah. three of eight. Jones zero of seven. Febbers one of six. Like. Yeah, I mean, you got to make shots to it at some point, and that's just yeah. I, while I, I think Ramey and Jones are and Febbers are fine, like college players, like I don't trust them going into a tournament setting at all. And that's what we saw last year, right? That's why Abilene Christian beat them because those guards trust, are trust, not yeah. good enough to yeah. win you big games. And they, I'll they trust don't. Andrew Jones, but I don't, I don't think his game is that of a, the primary guy. You know, I think like, I mean, last year, right? He had Marcus, he had, he had Matt Coleman. It was like he has somebody creating for him, right? Like he's to me, Jones fit. It's weird how like I think Jones fits on like every team in Texas, except for this Texas team right now. Because I think there's a playmaker on every team in Texas, except this Texas team right now. You put him on Baylor, he's shooting 50% from three, right? He's shooting like something insane. You put him on, even if you put him on tech, who like doesn't have a point guard, but like they at least create. I hear, um, yeah, I, I hear on, you. You put him on Houston, him with Jamal Shedd. Like, I just don't think – I think I think him and Marcus Carr have just been a bad fit all year. I, that's my thing. I think they're just, they just have not gelled. I agree. Because, I agree with that. Because last year, you remember that ACU game? Andrew Jones was the one hitting shot for Texas, remember? Yeah. Where it was like and, – and he but he had somebody setting him up. I don't – I don't know. I just think it's a clash of it's – a, it's a bad mix, and – it's just a not, it's not a good melding as what I thought it would be. I, I can remember, I thought, I remember a lot of people thought that this would be, this would work, right? Um, and I just don't think it has. And, and granted, you know, Chris Beard, tournament gets weird. Chris Beard's always performed better in the tournament than in regular season. It's always weird preparing for teams week to week. They could run into a stretch of teams in the tournament that have no idea how to deal with the no middle defense and they could just squeak out wins and it, it squeak out an elite eight right but if you ask me now i'm not predicting that yeah i mean i i just don't i don't treat this texas team like they're like syracuse from last year like where it's like oh they're oh, true. No, no, that's... giving them problems they, well, they no 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 don't get me wrong like... yeah, i'm not saying that they're gonna like nobody knows how to play against them but they are i think Correct. one of the 15 20 best teams in the country and at that rate yeah they can make if if the bracket breaks right, they can make an elite eight run. Um, I mean, you know, I didn't yeah. think Houston was a final four team last year, and the bracket broke right, and they made a final four. So it was like, I don't know, tournament's weird, and like I said, Chris Beard does get better in the tournament, um, but there are absolutely glaring flaws with this team, and was- I wonder how much of it, how much of it is exacerbated playing in a Big Twelve where there are like three teams better than them, versus like if they play in the tournament and they run into like an AAC team, an ACC team, a PAC 12, you know, like where it's like, they're where like a conference where they're probably the second or, or potentially best team in that conference, you know? Yeah. Um, there was an interesting point on the broadcast where um, I don't remember who said it, but maybe it was Fran. I don't know. Maybe let's say Fran for said it, but why not? Mm. Um, where he said, Texas is finally starting to, to play as tough as Chris Beard needs them to play. And that's where you, you bring up Houston of last year. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at Baylor, I think if you look at a lot of teams that maybe could make a run in the tournament, they're all Texas tech included. All of them are tougher than Texas. That's like fair. just straight. And, and I think old Chris Beard teams are just tougher than Texas because that's what Chris Beard teams have to be. And mm-hmm. this team is not that like they're, they're trying, they're really trying Timmy. Allen, I was about to, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's where I think, it lends in their favor to be in the tournament because again, are they, no, they're not, you know, I would absolutely say tech Baylor Houston's more physical, but I would also say they're probably like, that's three of the most physical, like probably the most 10 physical teams in the country. And so I think like if Texas is four out of that group, I don't know. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's not bad, right? Yes. No, it, again, I wonder how much of their flaws are just like really highlighted by the fact that they're playing against teams that are just better than them right now. Um, and that they don't need to beat a Baylor to make an Elite Eight, right? They could beat 
I don't know, they could beat a, a I'm trying, I'm just trying to think of a random team that'll be in their path, but you get what I'm saying, right? They could yeah. beat like a Villanova. Ohio state or something instead. Um, so that's my thing. I do think, I do think as the season has gone along, they've, they're not getting bullied. If that makes sense. Um, teams are more physical than them, obviously like Baylor and, and tech have shown, but they're not like, there hasn't been a game where, and I was kind of worried about this at the beginning of the year. There hasn't been a game probably since January, since conference play started, where I was like, they don't know what to do, right? Where I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Because Oklahoma State in the beginning of the year, I was like, I, that's that's a weird loss. That's that They kind of got messed around there. They haven't had that kind of loss again, where it was like, this team is just like, ah, pff, they're bigger than us. They're hustling to every loose ball. Outside of that one weird tech game, which again, that was a lot of things going into that. There was no other game where I, I don't know, where I just was disappointed in, in this team as far as like their effort goes. I thought it was, I don't know. I think they'll be okay. Um, I do want to hint on, I hope we get to see LJ Cryer with this Baylor team because if we do, yeah. this Baylor team is fun as hell. Yeah, that's that's the that's the biggest thing. I I, I just I hope he co- I hope he's able to come back for the, the NCAA tournament. I don't know if he will. Fran Fraschilla was speculating that he doesn't think he will, um, yeah. but because if if he is even just eighty percent of what he was, I mean, it's it's huge to have that secondary. They play just need another. They just need one more shooter on that team. No offense one to Dale. More. No offense to Dale Bonner, but yeah, LJ Cryer is just a different level of scorer. Like Dale Bonner tr- tries to come in and do what he like do what he can, but it's just it doesn't work. So um, they've really had to juggle lineups a lot over the oh, past yeah. few games without JTT and um, I'm gonna start calling him JTT. That was a new nickname I came up with uh, without him and Cryer. It's better right? than whatever Jay, what did Jay Billis call him? Everyday John. It's better than that. Oh, I hate that. Okay. I'm like, Hey, Jonathan Chamochacha was not that hard to say. Like I was about to say, at least attempt to say his name. Like, like you mess up his pronunciation. That's one thing. If you just don't even try to say it, come on now. Everyday John, I thought was the lamest thing ever last year when he kept saying it. it's like, cause he, he works every day or something like that. I'm like, like awful. awful. Right. It's like, just say you don't want to try to pronounce his name, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they've, without them, they've been playing more Brown and Sohan at the four five, like, mm-hmm. um, and mayor mayor as well. Like they've been, throwing out different lineups in the front court. Um, Akinjo and Flagler have obviously been the mainstays, but then you've sprinkled, sprinkled in like Dale Bonner out there. Um, really, Sohan's moved from like the three to the five. Brown's moved from like the two to the four. Like they're being really flexible right now. And defensively, I think they're fine. It's obviously it's the offense where we're a little concerned just in the in the big picture without Cryer. But I mean, to, to beat Kansas at home and then to beat Texas on the road, I mean, you can't, I can't complain. I, I can't complain to too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just comes down to like, they're getting it done, but it really just comes down to like, I hope, I hope we get to see this team at their ceiling. Right. Um, and obviously, Jonathan John Machacho is out. So like, they're not going to be at their absolute ceiling. But, you know, I do want to see what this team looks like with, with, with one of their best shooter um, because I think the reason why these games have been close is because they haven't had that depth of shooting where it's like, if Adam Flagler's not hitting threes, it's like, Oh, this team kind of has a spacing issue. Yeah. Uh, credit to uh, Flo Thamba though. I thought he's been mm-hmm. really, really, really good. Oh, he's been, I mean, he's been playing his butt off like, and he's had to because they haven't had the depth. Yeah, exactly. So credit to him. Uh, I, I look at Baylor similar to how I look at Houston if, if they don't have crier just because mm-hmm. like, it's like, they're still really, really good, obviously. Right. But you know, can you make a final four run with a couple of the holes that that injury caused, obviously there, I don't think there, are, I'm not going to say holes within this team, but the injury holes that these teams have, like it's going to be tough to win five, four straight games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's I can't easy. wait till, I can't wait till the conference tournament starts. Cause this is going to be like, I don't, I can't predict like a winner here. Right. Like, cause, because there's so many holes, yeah. so many, anybody can lose on any given night. Like, isn't this the weird, isn't this like a weird scenario where like Kansas just ends up winning? It was like all these yeah. question marks and it's just like, Oh yeah, Kansas won. I was like, Oh, of course they did. I like, could see that. <laughs> I, I probably will pick that honestly. I, I mean, tech maybe as well, but right. like, and I'm on record of like on Twitter saying like Kansas is like one of the, when they put out like the, 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 
projected brackets like Kansas mm-hmm. is one and I was like Kansas as a one is absolute food like that is food yeah. like I'm sorry they are not a number one I'm still um, scarred from that that Kentucky game right, right and so um but they could go out and very well win the conference tournament just because I have no idea what to predict yeah exactly so um so tech Baylor, Texas, good. Covered all three. Oh, covered all four. TCU as well of the mm-hmm. Big 12. Like you said, the Big 12 tournament next week, that's going to be um, very interesting. I, I wish it had a little bit more, like, I don't want to damp rain on anyone's parade, but, like, I wish it had a little bit more significance because, like, in theory, it's – to me, it's just an extension of the regular season. Sure. Yeah. Like, the Big 12 tournament is. Mm-hmm. when you, Like, Conference USA, when, like, a team has to win to get in the tournament, I look right. at that differently. That's sure, like sure. a winner go home. The, these bigger ones are kind of just like an extension to the regular season to me. But uh, still, I'm not complaining. It'll be fun. I was complaining, but it'll still be fun. <laughs> um, let's talk Sunbelt. Do it. Both of them, both yep. men's and women's. Let's start with the men and then work our way to, to the women's. I have the brackets. I, I texted you the brackets. Um, it starts on Thursday, March 3rd. The men's do. I think the women's might start the second. This, uh, to, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. So um, plenty, plenty to cover here. All right, let's start the men's. Like I said, mm-hmm. start March 3rd. 3rd, 5th, 6th, and 7th are the dates. We have UTA as a nine seed uh, on the men's side. And if they win, they would play Texas State in the quarterfinals. But UTA plays Louisiana in the first round, uh, Texas State is the one seed, as we talked about before, winning the conference. They have Troy on their side at the four. And then on the other side, you're looking at Georgia State at the three and App State at the two. Obviously, App State beat Texas State last year. Mm-hmm. They're the team that I guess we're kind of concerned about, but Georgia State's also very good. Um, Troy, I- I'll let you give the the, the preview of this, but yeah. um, what do you think about Texas State's potential road path? I think, I think ironically, they got the worst path <laughs> as the one seed um, because they've lost to UTA before. They split yes. with UTA and they split with Troy. And so, like, the fact that those could be their first two games, I think, is, you know, pretty, pretty concerning as far as, like, the draw goes. Um, they'll be favored, obviously. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, the fact that App State could get Coastal or Southern, who, you know, I'm not really – too concerned about coastal is not that great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I when when te- when when the seating was becoming clear, I was like, I saw UTA at the nine, and I was like, that is a bad draw. Like that's just a bad, uh, an unfortunate draw. Now, granted, UTA has been on a downturn, right? They've, I think they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, six of their last eight. Um, and yeah, then before, since since, beating, they, since they beat Texas State, they lost six of the last eight, right? So that could be just like a team on the downturn, and they might even lose to Louisiana at this rate. Um, if that's the case, then Texas, then I I like Texas State's draw because they're clearly better than Louisiana this year. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the I, I just think that this is ironically just a weird draw because Troy's lingering there at a potential semifinal matchup, um, and I think App State just. Out, Georgia State's their one bad draw, obviously. Georgia State's really good. Um, but I think as far as a whole path goes, I think Texas State has a tougher one. Tougher than App State? Yeah, tougher than App yeah. State, right, okay. as a two. Okay. I mean, I don't have – I think I think you covered it well. It It's just – this is this is what I'm talking about. The, this is this is what I look forward to here. Yes. Winner go home type stuff. Like, this is Texas State. All right, let's see it. Saturday, March 5th is the first. They had three games in three days. Uh, against either UTA and Louisiana, then most likely probably Troy. Is South Alabama any good? They're fifth. I know that, but uh, let me see. I actually I'm haven't paid. I don't think I paid that much attention to South. Me Alabama. neither. They're nine and seven, 19 and ten overall. Um, they've beaten Hawaii. I mean, Texas State beat them by Troy. only beat them by three. They beat Troy and in the regular season. No, I'm they sorry. Did. They lost to Troy. That's a lie. So they split. They split with Troy. Yes, you're right. I was looking at um, a blowout, a blowout win versus Troy, and then kind of almost a double digit loss to Troy. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I have no idea how to project for South Alabama. Yeah, me neither. Okay, good. This will be the first one. So, what do we put the percentage chance at that Texas State comes out of this? 
the tournament setting. Anything can happen, obviously, but Texas State is the one seed, so we have a little bit of expectations for them here. It would be it would be disappointing if they don't make the make the if they don't make the conference tournament championship. Like I think so. Yeah, yeah, last year was last year again. App State was hot shooting team ended up going on. if that happens again, mainly because of how this team brought back everybody, um, I think they at least got to make the, the championship. Have a chance. Yeah. I'm going to go with 70-30. I think I'm 70% on, on them winning it. I won't predict. I'll, I'll leave it to you. <laughs> oh, okay, this guy. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, I'll let you be right or wrong. Uh, I mean, my gut says like 60% because right. I really like Texas State's uh, kind of I don't want to say fusion of what they've done and what they are, but it's like, you know, kind of bringing back so much talent, so much experience, so much of their identity is set in stone. And I mean, this is, this is, this is basically except minus um, uh, Alonzo Sule. This is the team that lost last year, right? This is the team that, that has that in the back of their minds. So, and they're better offensively this year. I mean, a lot's going their way. So I, I do think they are like, obviously of the, of the favorites here. I think they are the best team here and I think they have the best opportunity, but like you said, it could be a weird type of a draw, but that can't be an excuse at this point. Right. Yeah. I, I have looked at it for North Texas. Like, Oh man, that suck. If they have to play LaTeX in the semis, doesn't matter at this point. You just got to win. That's the whole thing. All right. To the women, because this one is just as interesting, if not more interesting. I mean, UTA is a two seed. We know we know about Troy. Troy's the one. Troy's gonna be Troy. Uh, UTA is the two seed. Texas State's a six seed. Plays Alabama, South Alabama in the first round. Who is the eleven? And so I don't know anything about South Alabama women, but let's just say Texas State wins, mm-hmm. and Texas State has to play Louisiana, mm-hmm. while UTA will probably have to play like a Georgia Southern or Georgia State. How likely do you think it is we get UTA versus Texas State in the semis? Oh man, do we, um, do we believe in in Texas State like Cinderella? Yeah, no. I mean, so they they did beat Louisiana this year, right? That's good. Uh, I think they split with them. Let me see. Yes, they did. They just they split with them. So there's that. So they know it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like that. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're close. I guess that loss was close too. So, so they're going to beat Louisiana. Basically what you're saying. If they get, oh my God, calm down. Um, if they can get past South Alabama, they didn't play South Alabama this year, which is the trap game. Interesting, but I have no idea what to expect from that. Um, I think that's a four. I think I'm at 40%. That Texas state can make the semis. Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely feel that UTA is, I think Sharika Wright won uh, coach of the year. And in some of this year, I think she's done an incredible job of just kind of maintaining their and kind of elevating their game a little bit from what Krista Gerlich built there. I mentioned on Twitter how like that situation was, could have been like program alter or like altering, you know, she left with like a month to go yeah. uh, for Texas tech. Cause obviously the Marlene Stallings uh, scandal happened. And so uh, UTA was kind of left like, uh, I don't know what to do. And they hired a great coach uh, from, I believe, I believe she came from Duke, um, from the Duke staff. And she's been, she's been excellent. And they're at a, they're at a two seed right now. And they could, they have a legitimate shot to, to make a conference championship and to, to give Troy a run for their money. Again, Troy, I think is clearly the best team in this conference. Um, as every year, they're always kind of the class, but I'm, I would not be – I would be shocked if they didn't make the conference championship. Let's put it that way. I agree. I mean, you know UTA has been – they've been my favorite team on yeah. I mean, pretty much in, like, the entire state. Every time I watch them, I'm just impressed. So, um, I hope there's nothing crazy, no foolishness going on here, and UTSA <laughs> can can make the conference championship game. It was Vanderbilt, by the way. I said Duke uh, from Sharika Ride. Oh, it was yeah. Vanderbilt staff. So, yeah. I'm still laughing at – at Texas State, looking at South Alabama is like a trap game. They're like we can't, we can't look ahead. Gotta, gotta take care of South Alabama first. Before we oh, like, it's just like you're just digging up film. He's like, I know we never played these guys before. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> they don't even they don't even prep they're just like all right let's just go beat them and right, we'll right. the next. <laughs> like looking at a tournament game like that is, is that's funny um all right so we have our sunbelt predictions out hopefully uts i'm UTA, uta is making the making the conference championship i think so, Garan- yeah. that's guaranteed oh you're guaranteeing it okay guaranteed no, good, good. Um, the bruni soon. stamp is on it okay uh let's see uh baylor women route yeah. Iowa State just Oof. put them put them in the ground. Uh, I feel bad because Iowa State like broke like a attendance record just to watch <laughs> Baylor just <laughs> oh god just to watch the same damn thing play out that's been happening for twenty years. Like it's the same thing that's happened this entire season where Iowa State just plays Texas or Baylor and they're like, well, we had a good run. <laughs> I, that yeah, was... we were talking about that before the before you started recording. It was like Iowa State is the worst good team I think I've seen. And like all of like men's and women's college basketball, because they're like they've been like top ten the entire year, and they haven't beaten anybody. So fraudulent. But they've blown out like everybody bad. So fraudulent. And so like that's kind of I don't know. I felt like that's like the biggest uh, um, uh, evidence of like resume bump- bumping because every good team they face, they just gotten their butt kicked. Yeah, every top fifteen team. They face it's just like who was there? You you said who were there? You you went off their schedule. Their wins, their only let me I don't have it up anymore, but their ranked wins because I looked it up because I was comparing them to LSU. Right. The ranked wins are Kansas State twice and Oklahoma twice. And they've beaten Kansas as well, but Kansas is not ranked at the moment, or they weren't ranked. Um, so yeah, that's it. Yeah. I just I gotta find I gotta find the numbers because it was funny when I was reading off that like Iowa State's expecting blah 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 in attendance and then I I like turned it on like the like start of the second half and I was like oh no (laughs) this says this says thirteen thousand if they filled that place up to get smacked by Nelissa Smith man (laughs) they wanted they wanted seats of that Nelissa Smith show baby (laughs) twenty eight points and twenty rebounds from Nelissa Smith. I saw a stat, uh, the, only the second player in the last 20 years to do that with uh, Chinio Gumake was the other one, which Boy, is just Boy. insane. Like, again, they just, they just, Cyclones wanted to see some, see them some Nelissa Smith, man. <laughs> what a beast. 11 of 15 shooting, four blocks. I mean, what a player. What yeah, a she, player. Oh, she's going to be so much fun in the WNBA. They're going to miss her so much next year. Like, yeah, oh, my goodness. Terrible. Uh, Jordan Lewis, though, shout out her five of seven from three. We know this mm-hmm. team has to kind of make threes to an extent. Eight of 21 will get the job done. Um, and yeah, good one from Baylor. Best team in the yep. Big 12. Going to win the Big 12. Still Assuming going. Texas Tech doesn't pull any shenanigans. shenanigans. I was about to say pulls any tech shenanigans that we've seen this year. <laughs> is it, Where is that game? Okay, it's at home. All right, they should be. Okay, okay. it should be. Okay. There we go. That game was at Tech. I might be concerned. <laughs> Texas Tech doing something oh, crazy man. would be frustrating. Yep. And by All the right. way, uh, shout out Nikki Collin. You know, it looked a little shaky there in the beginning. Um, Baylor wasn't as Baylor as we're used to seeing. And after all that, they still win the damn thing. And they're still dominating teams. They're still beating Texas. Like, they recruit. They closed the 2022 class really well with, I think, like th- three or four top 100 signings. It looks like things are pretty going pretty well. So, you know, yeah. uh, definitely uh, shout out to them because they, they didn't get deeper. They're still playing six players. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So we'll see uh, if they win the conference tournament. I mean, I'll make a I'll make the pitch for them to be a one seed at this point. But I know it's not going to be easy, but right. one of the one seeds will slip up, I'm sure. Right. Other than South Carolina. Um, all right. Last but not least, Houston Baptist A&M Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. Playing, of the century playing for the Southland Conference Championship ish. Houston Baptist did it. Yep. Houston Baptist did it. 58-54. They uh at home took care of business to I believe does this clinch it? I don't know how many games. Uh, I think they have I think there are two games left on this. It's the, they get the inside yeah, track it. now. They're in they're in first now. Yeah. Um let me see. Game of the century, though. I mean, huge for the Southland. 
Uh, New I mean, Orleans. This what, it's, 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 I will say it's fun to like see it actually play out because at the beginning of the year, we're like, could these teams win the conference? I probably like we're looking back on them. We're like, ah, they were pretty bad last year, but we don't know what the conference is going to be where they probably can win. And then we actually see them play out to be like, yeah, they're that's the two best teams in the conference right now. I mean, we had that we both had Houston Baptist women going 11 and three. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we had the Corpus Christi. If I can find them, women, we were lower on the women. We both had, we had them at eight and six. Uh, on AM Corpus Christi, rather, we had eight and yeah. six. So, okay. So, yeah, so let's we, see. AM we kind of predicted has... this to a degree. We predicted Houston Baptist winning the conference. AM uh, Corpus Christi has Nichols and uh, UIW left, and HBU has New Orleans and McNeese. So, I think, yeah, I would. I mean, HBU definitely has the inside track because just because New Orleans is one of the worst teams in the conference, I think the worst team in the conference right now. Yeah, they're last. Um, and then McNeese, who's a little bit better. Did they play them? Yeah, they beat them by eight earlier in the year. So, you know, they just got to win those last two games and they will be Southland champions, man. That is, that's wild. Like, that's just fun to see play out. Because like, remember, it's, it's the Texas-Louisiana conference now. And it was, uh, actually came down to kind of a de facto conference championship almost. So, um, yeah, I mean, Houston Baptist didn't really shoot well from the floor, 33% to 38% uh, of Corpus Christi, but... I believe, let me see, I believe they won the rebounding battle. No, they didn't. They didn't even win the rebounding. <laughs> how did they win this game? This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how in the world they won this game. But, uh, yeah, they pulled it out somehow. Oh, threes. There you go. Threes. Six of 15 from three compared to two of 11 from Corpus. That's always the answer. That's always the answer. Three, um, I'll tell you what, though. They're going to blow out New Orleans on uh, on. Oh, Wednesday. they're going to kick their butt. <laughs> New Orleans. Um, it's still Mardi Gras over here. New Orleans ain't showing up. Oh yeah, up. no, they they ain't paying attention. No last in the conference. You think you think they're not in Mardi Gras right now? No, they are on Bourbon Street. The whole team is that home coaches or away. Are, Let me see. Coaches. Oh, it's, it's away. Orleans. Oh no, it's, it's at New, New Orleans. Orleans too. Oh no, this is so, done. So they're getting New Orleans is getting their butt kicked. So unless Houston Baptist goes down there and celebrates Mardi Gras as well, I mean, not out of the well. No, no. Here, here's how you incentivize. You say we win this game and then we go celebrate. We go celebrate. <laughs> go to the parades after the game on Wednesday. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Oh man. So yeah, that, that's my bold prediction as well. Houston Baptists. <laughs> they will I, beat New Orleans. I don't know what the spread is. Uh, let me just make up a spread of like 25. They're, they're I was, about to, I was about to say you might just put money on like put money it. on it. All the money on that New Orleans team not being ready to f- play after after Mardi Gras. I'm telling you, man. If I if I am a player on that New Orleans team. You're not, you're not seeing me. You're not seeing me at eight o'clock shoot around. That's for sure. Nope. <laughs> Coach, I will show up at 12 o'clock. Might have some sunglasses on and uh, I'll be there when I get there. Season's over. <laughs> so, all right. That's all we got. Uh, we are, we are done. That was, that was fun. That was a good, good podcast. Good rundown. That was our, that's probably our last technically like last regular season podcast. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to do, the podcast we have out on Thursday, um, and then we're gonna have the next week. We'll have our uh, tournament preview. Whew. It's all here finally, finally it is here. Um, it's also probably like the one year anniversary of when we started the podcast. If you think about it, because we probably started. Yeah, I like- have to go. I have to go back and look when our first episode was because it was around. It was around. It might have been around like the next couple of days, like yeah, the that's next what I'm day saying. or two. So, so happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you too, man. (laughs) We did it. One year. Um, And thank you all for listening. uh, Wherever you listen on the Spotify, on Apple. um, We appreciate y'all support. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, Yeah, it's almost high school basketball time as well. We'll, we'll, I'll let Ish, you know, cover you, uh, get covered on that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, check out all the content. We appreciate y'all for listening and we'll talk to y'all later.